0: Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter.
1: March twenty fourth, coming at you. How's like it going, a
0: freight train? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just to continue our <laughs> unbroken sequence from the beginning of awkward introductions.
1: <laughs> there you go. So mass part eight. We got to jump right in. We got to do this. It's an eight-part series. We can't go nine. <laughs> we cannot go nine. Nine parts sounds weird. Eight, Elise, sounds a little bit Ooh, more complete. But how
0: about like eight plus one? We could do like a a Holy Week edition. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, considering that when Nikki was listening to it, she was like. About 10 different times you said, Oh, we could do a whole series on that. Oh, we could do a whole series on that. She's like, You've been writing those down, right? I was like, Nope. So, you but know, we can, we can, you know,
0: write some algorithm or something yeah. to search through the audio and find every time that we said that.
1: Or what we do before every time we do our mass part <laughs> and we're Let's like, Where'd we finish off? Let's pull it up. And it's that like, way we have our one view on, uh, youtube yeah. like, <laughs> we view it saying okay so anyway. i was actually
0: thinking we could we could you know uh rewind a little bit and start like before the eucharistic prayer no, get kidding. out of here
1: so we left off at and i have to just give a, a little yeah. kind of pre-thing they're repairing drywall Just like on the other side of us in a closet. Mm. So if you hear something that sounds like a duck being massacred or like, you know, you you know, you know what I mean? Those impact driver drills are like, you know, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is the one
0: driver. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I like the name. I like that. Everything has its own name. There you go. All these pieces of equipment.
1: You know, I went to school for cabinet making, right? I thought you went to school for music. No, in like <laughs> high school. I went to vocational school in addition. What's your name, man? Oh my Alexander goodness. <laughs> There was an update on my phone. I was trying to swipe up, and I hit Hamilton. I that thought, was amazing.
0: I thought it was because I was. I liked every piece of equipment having its own name and yeah. Stuff. There you and go. You're just like, all right, Hamilton. Hey, that's that would have been great. Okay. Anyway, mass vocational school.
1: It's cool. Yeah. So I know a lot about carpentry. I knew you.
0: You knew things about it. I didn't know that you. Were <laughs> I knew you knew
1: things. It. There you go. Okay. <clears throat> mass part eight. We're finishing up. We just finished the Our Father. Yeah. Now we have sign of peace. Sign of peace. Optional.
0: Optional. That's why right now. Very important.
1: People. Yeah. Get a COVID, little. Nobody does yeah. sign of
0: peace. Um,
1: well, people sometimes do it with their own family. Yeah.
0: In their pod. Right. It's but if a deacon.
1: <laughs> but if a deacon is there, he's the one who usually says, let us turn and offer each other yeah, a sign so, of peace.
0: So the priest says, says the whole thing. Um, now, this is an interesting prayer, actually. He says, Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you, look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Okay. Now, the priest says those words, um, but just like every other prayer in the Mass, it's important to look at who those are addressed to, because sometimes, I I know I've, I've certainly felt this temptation. It's not a bad temptation, but just like, those words are so powerful. Peace I leave you. My peace I give you. That Jesus says uh, um, in uh, in the resurrection, right when He appears uh, to the apostles in the upper room, and then breathes on them and stuff, um, receive the Holy Spirit. Like those words are not said directly to the congregation here. You're addressing this prayer to Jesus Christ mm. and saying, "You said this before, and now we make a petition." Because you said that. So, Lord Jesus Christ, you who said to your apostles this stuff about peace, Lord, do not look on our sins, but on the faith of your church and graciously, graciously grant her peace and unity. So, like, it's, I think that's something that's lost on a lot of people yeah. with a prayer that is so familiar to us, yeah. um, that that is a prayer that we're addressing to Christ referencing something he said and then saying so do that please yeah (laughs) um there's also another thing there um it says look not on our sins but on the faith of your church Uh, and this is a historical thing it used to say look not on my sins this used to be a prayer that was said secretly quietly by the priest secret (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> that's right. Harry
1: Potter. Secret, <laughs> secret of. Get out of here. Um, Chambers of secret. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what you're. Going for. I, was like, I don't know where he's going with this. Um <laughs> doesn't surprise me you've never read Harry Potter. Yeah, Go ahead. I did
0: when I was younger. I read some of them. Um <laughs> All right. All right, anyway. all right. We, okay. So um it used to say look not on my sins. And that's actually that that goes way back that goes to the like Donatist <laughs> controversy mm-hmm. in the days of St. Augustine. So um, basically what you had, you had persecutions breaking out across the church and you had people who were, uh, you had some who said, no, I'm not handing over my sacred books um, and they would be martyred or they would be tortured. Uh, and then you had some who said, yeah, I'll hand them over. I will renounce my faith. Just don't don't hurt me, right? Mm-hmm. And like that's a that leads into a whole whole other thing. Like
1: could be a whole nother series. Yeah, could be a whole another <laughs> series.
0: Um like on that that book, uh, that movie Silence by Shushako Endo mm, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really Yeah, I've I've got some some hot takes, hot takes on, on, yeah. on that movie, but um anyway, uh this prayer Okay. Okay. So, so what happens in that controversy is that uh, after the persecutions end, the people who had renounced their faith want to come back, and you've got this whole thing of like, well, do we do we let them back in? They've they've like seriously damaged the integrity of the faith in this mm-hmm. way, but also like it's you know, it was under serious threat, and right. so, and we're called to be merciful, but also like, mm. like what about a priest, right? Who renounces his faith? Yeah. Do you let him continue being a priest? Right. People have kind of lost confidence in in him in that way, and so that's yeah. that's like the Donatus controversy that's going on, and that's when a lot of the the understanding of the church of ex opere operato that the sacraments work by the work being worked. It's mm-hmm. confusing, but it's just how the Latin goes. Right. Um, that like whether the priest is sinful or is saintly. Um, when he has the intention of the church and he uses valid matter and he says the right words right. with that intention of the church, that even if he's in a state of mortal sin, right. that the sacrament happens. Uh, people only
1: got a taste of this when I, <laughs> I feel like started to understand that when pretty much the priest scandals came out and saying, how could these masses be valid or what they were doing be valid when they were committing these grave sins, you know? And, and this is where, you know, I feel like a lot more people got educated on this, this matter. But
0: it's, I mean, that's a thing that's because, you know, we live in a fallen world and priests should be held to a higher standard and are held to a higher standard uh because of the the responsibility of their office and but that means that when they fall uh it becomes that much more scandalous and that much um that much worse, but that doesn't mean that um a sinful priest invalidates the sacraments right uh, it doesn't you know like if it did, it would mean like is my baptism valid is my right. marriage like yeah. like and and so that's what this prayer gets at look not on my sins but on the faith of your church. It's an anti-donatist prayer. Mm-hmm. It's it's a prayer saying like, even though the priest may be sinful, um, Christ can still work through him to feed his people. Yeah. And uh, also to bring about his own repentance. Yeah. Um, so it, it's not to say that like, you know, everything's totally equal. Obviously, it's much better to have a priest who is, who is holy and, and his ministry becomes much more fruitful. Right. But on a basic level, it doesn't invalidate the sacraments by sinfulness. Okay, enough on that. Just wanted to point out, that's a really important <laughs> just, prayer.
1: Just wanted to quickly yeah, real, go into a 10-minute segment little, you
0: know. on the sign of peace. All right. Yeah. Then so the so now you don't see it so much because it right. says our sins. Still very important. Look, right. not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. Yep. But you miss that anti-Donatist thing Right. that goes all the way back to the days of St. Augustine. Okay, now the sign of the peace. Deacon says... If if we're doing the sign of the peace, which is optional, right. "Peace of the Lord be with you always and with your spirit," and then now you know offer yes each, each other, other sign of peace. Yeah. Um, it says all offer one another a sign in keeping with local customs, <laughs> right? So, which super I generic, mean, yeah. but I think that's that's a good thing to allow uh, yeah. you know local practice to right. determine kind of what the sign of peace looks like. It doesn't have to be a handshake. I've I I like
1: to call it the kiss <laughs> of peace.
0: Yeah, that's a that's an older thing. Right. So, um, and actually there's a really cool thing in the extraordinary form of the mass, um, like historical pre Vatican II, um, where the peace is something almost tangible that's transferred. It begins at the altar, the priest gives the peace to the deacon, then the deacon goes to the subdeacon, gives him the peace, and then like he's led around by the MC, the right. master of ceremonies, just you know, Altar server, who's kind of calling the shots. You go here, you go here, and he leads it, the deacon around to different groups of people, and the deacon gives that piece that he received from the altar to those yeah. different groups. They turn and give it to everyone else, right. um, at least among the liturgical ministers. Right. That's a. It takes a while um, to do that, but there's like you know yeah moving parts, and it's it's kind of a nice nice way that it works out. We can kind of can kind of lose some of that sense of like our peace beginning with christ on the altar and his sacrifice winning that peace for us and then it radiating outwards yeah and us becoming people who actually transfer that peace to others right um i think that's a really beautiful thing as
1: a as a married person i know (coughs) nikki and i tried during that time to to really say no matter what's happened you know during the week anything that's gone on or you know, what not to be like, I'm sorry, I forgive you. Peace yeah. be with you. You know, like this oh, moment just of, um, we're about to enter into communion, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that we need to be in communion with one another and then to be able. And it's interesting you say that because it kind of makes sense as, as like the heads of our household, we do that and then we give the peace to our children. Exactly. And, you know, so. Yeah. And, I, I love good what news. You, we're still going on the sign of peace. Twelve minutes <laughs> in.
0: <laughs> I, I love what you said though, because um, like that's that's faithful to the words of Christ, who says, you know, if you would bring your gift to the altar, but your brother has something against you, right? Or your wife or your family member or yeah. somebody has something against you, first first reconcile with them, and then come bring your gift to the altar, and that's. Yeah. That's why we have the sign of peace where we have it. In other rites, sometimes it'll be even earlier in the Mass, but mm-hmm. it's still fulfilling that same kind of purpose right. before you begin the offertory, say, in the Ambrosian rite. That's where it is. Right, it has got kind of that hinge point. Um, okay, while that's going on, um, then it says, The following is sung or said, Lamb of God, take God. away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Now, it doesn't say the priest initiates singing the Lamb of God. The priest Mm -hmm. often does, especially at daily mass. Mm. But really, the rubrics read in such a way that, like, the priest should be doing other things. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll tell you what they are in a minute. Some secret prayers, Um, (laughs) chamber of secrets. (laughs) (laughs) But but that's like like if you think about Sunday mass when we're singing right Mm -hmm. uh, here at Saint Anne, it's uh, Curtis. He'll he'll initiate the Lamb of God. He'll start singing it. Uh, The priest doesn't intone that. So that's a that's one of these congregational. Prayers are the the ordinary parts of the mass, that uh, doesn't really begin with the priest because the priest is actually simultaneously he's doing the fraxio, he's breaking mm-hmm. um, the consecrated host now, right? Which is symbolic of a lot of things, uh, very important.
1: Go into a whole series on that. Yeah,
0: totally <laughs> six part, eight part series. Um, but I think y'all get it right? right. It's you know it's what Jesus tells us to do. Um, It's what he himself does at the Last Supper. Mm -hmm. It's what he does when he does these Eucharistic uh, miracles of the multiplication of the loaves and the fishes. It's symbolic of him being broken for us. And uh, like St. Ignatius of Antioch will later write, being ground up like pure wheat to be offered as sacrifice. So as the priest is doing that, he takes a small piece of the consecrated host and puts it in the chalice, and he says the secret prayer. May this mingling. Okay, he actually does whisper it. Yeah, he does whisper it. That's what it means. But may this mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. So you've got the right the the bread which is consecrated and becomes the body of Christ, and we say that, but it's we also know it's the whole Christ, right? You can't mm-hmm. separate his body and his blood. Yeah. Um, when you receive one, you receive the whole Christ, but here symbolically you're uniting the two. Yeah. Um, by placing a piece of the host into the pat into the chalice with the precious blood. Um, and, and not a large piece. No, just a tiny little piece. Yeah. And the priest consumes that when he consumes the precious blood. Exactly. Um, yeah, may this mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. So it's a preparatory prayer for communion, everybody singing the Lamb of God, take away the sins of the world, um, and then the priest says quietly another secret prayer, and he actually has two options. Mm. Historically, he would have said both of these uh, in a row, and he actually would have said the whole thing, Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, peace I leave you, my peace I give you, right before that. He would have said all three of those in a row, oh, Okay, historically. Now... That one is connected with the sign of peace where it is. Right. <clears throat> and the other two uh, is just like sort of like longer and shorter option for the priest's preparatory prayer for communion. And Got it. I like the long things. I always say the longer one, um, whatever, doesn't matter. Lord, it goes like this. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, who by the will of the Father and the work of the Holy Spirit through your death gave life to the world. So this is all, you know, recounting stuff to Christ that he did. And now the petition free me by this, your most holy body and blood from all my sins and from every evil. Keep me always faithful to your commandments and never let me be parted from you. It's got a, if you've, if you've ever prayed the stations of the cross, great thing to do during Lent, uh, St. Alphonsus de Liguri um, wrote a very famous and commonly used version of it. Mm -hmm. And it's got this sort of refrain going throughout. Um, which ends with, grant that I may love you always, and then do with me as you will. Um, I'm sorry I, sorry for offending you. Never permit me to offend you again. Grant that I may love you always, and then do with me what you will. It sort of ends one of the prayer sections at each station of the cross right. with a, with a version of that, and it changes a little bit from station to station. It sounds like this prayer, and I bet he's influenced by the these private prayers for communion that he's saying every day as he's celebrating Mass yeah. every day. Back in his day, yeah. Um, Free me by this, your most holy body and blood, from all my sins and from every evil. Keep me always faithful to your commandments and never, never let me be parted from you. Maybe it's a coincidence, but to me it has a ring of what would become his his devotional prayer and our devotional prayer of the Stations of the Cross.
1: Right. Um,
0: <clears throat> then the the priest genuflex takes the host, holds it slightly raised above the paten or above the chalice.
1: Um, Now, can I just point out something as as a common folk in the pew that I always find interesting? Uh And I don't know if you're supposed to. So I don't (laughs) want to be tossing priests under the bus. Mm -hmm. But some, like, hold it up where it's only, like, half of the hosts that they've broken. Mm. Some hold it up both that looks like it's, you know, back kind of reunited as a host circle.
0: Yeah, you get the half moon, the full yeah. moon. You get kind is of there, rabbit ears. If is they, that if like they just an, the Is house. that just an o-
1: option? Yeah, there's no specification there. I, I do the. Thi- I was hoping <laughs> there was like get some priests in trouble here. Yeah, let's Boom. do
0: call, throw them under the bus. <laughs> I think there are priests that listen to our podcast. Um, I doubt it. <laughs> 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 when we go back, uh, I'm not and sure listen. if I would. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
0: it just says the priest genuflex takes the host. I always take the whole host. I'm one of the people who takes like, you've got both halves, right. right? I've split it cleanly into two halves. I've taken a little corner off the inside of one of the halves, yeah. put in the chalice. Right. Then I take both in one hand, and they always end up just a little bit crossed over one right. another.
1: Oh, I notice.
0: It's easier to hold. I'm the camera guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. It's like, it's not that big like. yeah, yeah yeah no but ever
1: since i am in charge of the live stream for those who don't know you so i get to see things. things like in depth in in my head i'm actually thinking oh yeah i notice he genuflex before that because it goes out of focus for a second because he <laughs> leaves the frame goes back in you know like things like that it's funny such so, an interesting perspective right. um, okay so you elevate yeah
0: and you elevate the host saying behold the lamb of god Eche on you stay behold the lamb of god Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Um,
1: Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter my, exactly. my roof, but only say the words of my soul shall be.
0: Yeah, and that's the response of everybody, uh, including the priest. Um, and that's the response of the centurion, um, mm-hmm. which is this profound expression of faith from someone who is not even Jewish. Right. Um. He's a God-fearer. Uh, yeah. I've preached about this before. He's, um, Which means that he is a Gentile by birth, but he's come to believe in the God of Israel mm-hmm. and practices sort of whatever he can mm-hmm. uh, of the law without being one of the chosen people right? Um, of Israel. And so, yeah, he says that tremendous thing. And that's why it sounds weird, right, that you should enter under my roof. Like, he's, you know, he's talking about, like, that you should come in and, and heal my son. <laughs> yeah. Um just say the word. I know that your word is creative, that you have authority. Um and that's the same thing we pray, both for ourselves, that Christ come and and heal us and sustain us right. and sanctify us. Um, but also knows that the centurion is praying not for himself, but for, for his child for yeah. his child. And uh like that's that's there should always be Like, nothing is ever sort of purely for ourselves in the faith. Right. It is, but it's also, like, outward. It's also kind of missional uh, in that way. And so we can hold intentions of people um, in mind and offer the reception of our communion uh, for them. And it doesn't have to get kind of overly technical and mathematical, but just, like, the Lord knows our hearts and he knows the ones that we offer up uh, to him, and that's that's how we like exercise our baptismal priesthood during the mass Mm -hmm. is by offering up ourselves and all those uh, whose intentions we have.
1: I was going to say father Edwin Leonard's big on it. I know he said it on retreats and different things on mission trips that, you know, every single mass we go to in addition, obviously to the petition that we hear from the priest or what the mass is being said for, um, we should bring one, you know, us personally, we should bring one, to every single mass, and so yeah, yeah. No, there was a
0: there was a Franciscan priest who came here and preached a retreat when I was a seminarian, a Lenten retreat, I think, to Franciscans, um, and one of them I was really struck oh, by
1: the CFRS, maybe I okay know,
0: in twenty thirteen, but there you um, go. or actually it was probably twenty fourteen at that point because it was for Lent. Um, mm. so anyway, he. Asked me as a, I was a lowly seminarian, just <laughs> a seminarian, a server in the sacristy, and he he had a very sort of like almost intimidating uh, sort of aura about him. Like he was right. he was very clearly a man of silence, mm-hmm. and he spoke from silence, and that right. gave it a certain intensity. But it wasn't like a a scary thing. It was like is like no, he's he's the real deal. Like he right. he means it. Like there's this loving intensity in in what he says. And he just turned to me in the sacristy and said like, so what's your intention for this mass? Who have you brought uh, with you? And I was like,
1: uh, <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: And, and that was a teaching moment for me. So like, it's, it's a good thing. Like every mass is offered not only for those who are present, but also for the whole world. That's why priests saying private masses uh, makes sense. It's not just for the priest. Like every yeah. offering of the Holy sacrifice is for the salvation of the whole world. Right. And we participate in that when we bring our own intentions explicitly to the Lord, um, especially in our reception of communion. Yep. Um awesome. Yeah.
1: So, then so the reception of communion.
0: Yeah. Priest receives under both species he has to. When I say species, I mean both the body of Christ and the blood of Christ, uh, under the species. Right. I can't avoid that word. It's just it's it's the way the, the Latin yeah works and the theology is developed, but under the aspect of, um, of bread and wine, we receive the body and blood of Christ, knowing that even if we only receive one of them, Christ cannot be separated from himself. Uh, right. It is his body, blood, soul, and divinity that we receive. Uh, the fullness of the sign comes in receiving under both species. We haven't done that for quite a while now because of the pandemic. You don't want to be sharing the chalice. Um, Almost about a
1: year and a week. Yeah, it's been a while. Um,
0: The priest has to. Uh, It's the consummation of the sacrifice, which he is um, making present again um, in the person of Christ, uh, the high priest and head. And so he has to. Also deacons who are um, assisting at the mass uh, liturgically. If a deacon's in the pews, he doesn't have to. Uh, Just attending mass. But if he's up at the altar, he has to. Oh. I'm
1: gonna ask what I shouldn't ask because oh. and derail us because we got to get through this. But we got ten minutes to get through the we, rest we of the totally got okay. This. But I heard once, if a priest is ever present, they shouldn't be uh, in the pew.
0: Yeah, it's can kinda, you clear that up? There, it's not a thing of the law. It's a thing of sort of fittingness. Got um. It. So makes sense. Yeah. It's, especially there was a there was a big. Emphasis on this with Vatican II and falling um, that like the priest's proper role is to be at the altar and people should do their proper roles. Right. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the intention was there, but I know at least the letter of it does allow you to be in the pews as well. Uh, I think at least here at our church, it it would seem strange to people if they saw me attending mass in the pews. Um, but I've done it plenty of times as a priest, uh, just for devotion, um, to, to like, I'll say, I'll say a mass, right. And if possible, if there's no pastoral need to say more than one mass, um, I should only be saying one mass a day. That's, that's how it works. Um, otherwise it just begins to be too much. So there there are some limits to these things, but there's also sort of pastoral provisions and we have so many needs here that I... Often end up saying more than one each day, but like say I'm saying a mass, but then there's another mass that's going to happen right afterwards, and I want to attend and make my Thanksgiving during that time.
1: Or say you're a sponsor of a confirmation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you said, you, you do not early, have to be you know, a concelebrant
0: yeah. there. Uh, I'm sure this is much more be. common
1: in Rome, probably where there's so much. Yeah. So many, so many, priests, many priests and so many. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah. So so you don't you don't have to. The cool. sponsor is a good thing. sounds like you're speaking from experience there. Um. <laughs> I have seen priests, yes. Um. So, so distrib- distribution of communion. Um, uh, just to say uh, a little note on reception in on the tongue and on the hand. Uh, this could be a whole series in itself as well. <laughs> um, but just historically the norm was to receive on the tongue uh, as the way the law is now um, sort of a permanent permission or semi-permanent permission has been given to receive uh, on the hand that's much more common in the united states than it is pretty much anywhere else in the world right uh, accepting or a- abstracting presenting from the pandemic right during the pandemic that permission is, is sort of been granted universally um as far as i know to receive on the hand um but for a very long time, that was kind of a uniquely American and also uh, Irish thing, I think. Um, but in Rome, you just wouldn't really see it, um, and in other parts of the world, you wouldn't really see it because the the canonical and liturgical norm is to receive on the tongue. That's how mm-hmm. it has been for centuries and centuries and centuries. Right. There's something really beautiful about that. I know that this topic gets gets politicized and can be very very fraught. Right. <laughs> um, can become kind of a minefield. I'm not particularly afraid of stepping on a a mine with this, but I do think just my personal opinion, I do think that it really does promote a sense of piety and Eucharistic piety to receive on the tongue. Um, I think reception in the hand can, if someone's faith is mature, um, be, you know, very, very good. That's, that's how I received for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, for those whose faith is not in the Eucharist is not terribly mature, that it can open them up to becoming more careless, yeah, and it doesn't promote piety in the same way.
1: um, can I just toss out one common yeah. person thing mm-hmm. so in college, at Franciscan, I received on the tongue, yeah, because I felt like not I felt like the priests there were used to distributing on the tongue, right. I will say I've since changed in being in parish life because i don't feel the eucharistic ministers are as familiar with it and oh. i tend to get their fingers yeah on my tongue and i'm just i'm just sharing my per- yeah, no my bueno. perspective that like unless no, it's that. like the priest that i know right. somebody like i worked for another uh, parish and priest who did it and was great at it but like yeah there is a little bit of a you know kind of like practical and science and that no, and that's, somebody kind of yeah, it's, it's shoving acquired their hand, skill you know? I, I and wasn't it, even thinking And of it distracted me there. so much that oh, I was yeah, like, I feel, for me, it was more reverent instead of yeah. being distracted during this moment of the reception. So I'm just tossing no, out no, 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 that's, a common person. That's a really good point.
0: I hadn't even thought of that part of it. Uh, and it just shows like how myopic, you know, my perspective <laughs> can be sometimes because right. I have never, not received from an extraordinary minister in, <laughs> in a very in, uh, long time. I was going to say how long? Um, yeah,
1: probably like 12 years. <laughs> yeah. so, but, but yeah, yeah,
0: that's a really good point. It's an acquired skill. It took me a little bit to, but you get so much practice as a priest um, right. that like I haven't touched somebody's tongue or, or mouth exactly. or anything like that in years. Right. And I've only right. been a priest for five years. Exactly. But, uh, so yeah, I don't even think of that part. Also, I want to address something else. Sometimes people, once their their Eucharistic piety becomes quite strong, uh, they can start to think, "Well, you know, my hands are unclean, and you know, is it sacrilege to receive in the hand?" And then it's really important to walk that back and be like, "What is the church permitted?" Yeah, right. The church is given the authority, um, right, through the Holy Spirit guiding the apostles and their successors uh, from Christ Himself, given that right. authority. Uh, to determine things like this, right. and we this this is a place where one could become more Catholic than than the Pope or than the Church, so to speak. Like the Church has the authority to to determine forms of liturgy. I think that reception in general, all things being equal, reception on the tongue is better because it promotes Eucharistic piety, mm-hmm. um, and I think that that's lacking in our people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it's sacrilegious to receive on the hand. And actually, there is a very ancient tradition of reception on the hand. It looks a little bit different than what we do right now, which is, you know, you receive on the hand, then you take with your hand. Uh, At least as far as I can tell, and it's still preserved in some Eastern traditions in the church, they would receive on the hand and then sort of like bring that palm up to their mouth Mm. um, and receive. Uh, We have a bunch of Indian parishioners here uh, who... I think some of them go to the Ciro Malabar church down the road, which, which is an Indian custom, Eastern church. Right? Yeah, yeah. And they preserve that custom. And I see the way they receive on the hand here. And it just, I think that's kind of like when you read from wherever it is, the Didache or apostolic tradition of right. Hippolytus, pseudo Hippolytus. we've gotten to that before, but, um, I think that's, that's the antiquity of that. But in, in Rome for a very, very long time, it's been on the tongue. anyway. Um, they're both okay, especially during the pandemic. People who have always received on the tongue have really struggled with being being told to receive on the hand, mm-hmm. making it sacrilegious like right. that that's coming out of a good place, yeah, but don't let that good devotion sort of lead you beyond uh what the church has actually specified yeah, um, I know best, yeah, yeah, so okay, receive communion um. And then there is the uh, sort of the, <laughs> the cleaning up, the, the purification of the chalice and things like that. And uh, there is a, a beautiful little prayer there that I just want to say, what is past our lips, O Lord, may we possess in purity of heart that, has been, that what has been given us in time may be our healing for eternity. That's the thing that the priest or the acolyte or the deacon, whoever's doing the purifying of the sacred vessels, will say, what is past our lips, O Lord, May we possess in purity of heart mm. that what has been given us in time may be our healing for eternity. So it's another one of those, like, what we're doing here has implications for eternal life. Yeah. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, communion anaphon or communion song. Right. It's the same thing as with the entrance, and I spent a lot of time on that before, right. like, the antiphon is printed in the missal. If you're not singing, the priest should say that at some point. Or off, sometimes I've been places where the people will say that, and they just know to right. Um, and that's that's pretty cool. Closing prayer, um, secondary homily after the closing <laughs> prayer. <laughs> just kidding. Um, concluding rites. Uh, dismissal, and right? dismissal. Yeah. So
1: favorite favorite um, like blessing. Oh, because there's out. different
0: different versions, right? Yeah. You'll hear priests and deacons say everything from go in peace to go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. I like go forth, the Mass is ended. Mm. Um, it has a very strong sort of sending thing to it, and it reflects the Latin, which has, there's a whole translation thing, like a crux interpretum <laughs> uh, on the Latin, which is ite misa est. Right. Uh, what does misa est mean? Um, and there's you know, a bunch that you could go into there. But something something along the lines of, of either the Mass is ended or uh, it is sent, like the church is sent. Because um, Misa is a participle from mitere, which means to send. But it's also uh, the word used for dismissal in sort of late antiquity in Latin. And so it can just be go forth, ite, go y'all. This is the dismissal. It can't be as simple as that. It might be something. Yeah, anyway. So Peace. <laughs> yeah. Peace. So that's the one I always say. I love the um,
1: one I'm I'm trying to look it up. I, I obviously don't have the links for the priest stuff here. Oh, but I've, the one of like the Lord bless you, may his face shine upon you. May oh, the Solemn Blessing. Yeah. I love that Numbers. one. That's super- I love it. That's my favorite one, yeah. and I rarely hear. It. Yeah,
0: that one. Uh, it's got three more lines I don't remember off the top of my like, head. Like, but gracious to you,
1: Lord, lift up. No, his may, countenance. may the Lord bless
0: you and keep you. May His face shine upon you and give you peace. Yeah, something, something, something. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Um,
1: I the, love that one.
0: Yeah, uh, and that's, uh, that's pretty much it.
1: On the you way go out. Forth. Go out you snub a people with the high fives.
0: Yeah, that's right. All the kids want a high five because it's a thing here. When I first got here, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like every time. Um Then you and, saw my son
1: push people and, out of the way and yeah, like knock people over,
0: <laughs> dive over for the high five, and then like the dismay on everybody's face <laughs> with COVID, where it's like can't high five anymore. And now, now like no one's used to it, but it's still sort of there.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, I'm gonna make sure Dom brings that back soon as. Soon as we're clear, I'm gonna be like Dom. Your role here is to get to the end of that pew and get, <laughs> like, do a leaping high five, like a three sixty. Bring off a little pew.
0: trampoline for him so you can like and one <laughs> street right. ball style. Um, you know, I have one more thing, I want okay. to say. Okay, uh, I have one thing
1: to do too. Okay, um, <laughs> we, fin- <laughs> we finished <laughs> the math. <mass. laughs> <laughs> yeah, people are like, thank God. Except it's, for the plus one. Yeah, yeah, um, plus one. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, uh, what do you do after Mass? That's a that's a mm. question I struggled with for a long time, and it deserves kind of I think more time than it deserves its own series. <laughs> but but like there's a there's a strong and an ancient tradition of making a period of Thanksgiving after yep. Mass, um, and that also just has to do with like the digestion time for the Eucharist. Like you become a tabernacle, yeah, um, and <laughs> when people would not not trying to sound judgy or anything, but yeah. it is also kind of funny when people would leave after communion, um, in like the time of St. John Vianney and some of these, these guys, they would actually send a server with them, uh, holding a candle as if they were, you know, the, the candle tab- by the yeah. tabernacle, yeah, the, the sanctuary light, mm-hmm. um, to, to remind them like, Hey, you know, you are now a, a bearer of, of Christ. You're right. You're, Theophorus, I think, your god Um, But, yeah, which is a really big thing. And so don't take it lightly and maybe, you know, also <laughs> don't leave. Yeah. Um, so early was kind of the, the like, passive-aggressive <laughs> message yeah. with that. Pretty awesome. right? Um, that's made its way into sort of, like, sort of modern-day parable. You'll yeah. hear ver- all sorts of different versions of that story. But it's, so it's not to sound judgy or anything at all, but... There is like, I I'll I'll just say this. I'll say it this way. Like personal anecdote, when I first started taking my faith really seriously, I found that the most fruitful time of personal meditative prayer was right after Mass. It was Mm -hmm. getting there early to prepare, and it was staying. It was lingering after Mass. Now, there's also an important thing of like the communal dimension. Uh, after mass. And so there there's a tension there, right? Yeah. Like do I stay <laughs> or do I or stay do or I go? do I go <laughs> um, Yeah. And I don't know. You have to you have to find some balance that works because like like one of the beautiful things after mass here at St. Anne, especially the way we're using our courtyard now, is like having a real chance for fellowship afterwards and seeing yeah. like all the families and their kids playing together and everybody right. being able to talk um, that's a really important thing. Um, it's also important to spend enough time with the Lord in that moment, or if you can't in that moment yeah. later, uh, to really thank him for what happened. That's a, that's a bulwark against the mass becoming something rote and habitual, habitual in the bad sense, just routine. Right. Is to pray for that grace of gratitude and thanksgiving at, at what has just happened. Yeah. Um, and then there's also the final dimension, which is like really of ascending forth um that mass is it's a it's a missionary hub for us, it's a launching pad, yes, yeah. it's, it's where we go to be fed, but then like as living tabernacles who now bear the light of the world within us, um we are sent forth to yeah. bring that light, and so we can't hide it under a bushel basket or you know all all the things which yeah. Jesus said. um
1: hide it under a bushel no. You know, you know, you know, what I'm talking about no. that song, "This Little Light of Mine," and then oh. it's like, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm gonna let it shine. I don't
0: know that part. That's like, are you kidding? Is me? that like a bridge or something? <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Was that it? Yeah. That's is it. that all you got? <laughs> that's all I got. All right, we've we've held people hostage long <laughs> enough. Mass, it's done. Ite misa est. It's done. Go. The dismissal has happened. <laughs> Hey, on behalf of Joey Scansella, Father Paul Bechter, take care. God bless.